Welcome to Personally Invested. I'm Dave Richardson. I had the opportunity to sit down with someone who's affectionately referred to as the $120 billion woman, Sarah Riappel, who runs the largest portfolio investment program in Canada. We had a chance to talk about a wide range of issues in terms of her own career and the challenges of managing that much money for Canadian investors. I think you'll enjoy her insights. So Sarah, welcome to the, the podcast. Uh, personally, investing, I think, takes on a, a, a whole new meaning for, for someone like you. I, I, it must be daunting, over $100 billion that you're responsible for. And, and not only that, it, it's the kind of solution, uh, if we're talking about the, the Canadian investment market, where you've got over a million people in not that big a country that, that, that are invested with you or, or you're responsible for their investments. So every day you get on the train to come into work and you look down the car and there's, and, and, and there's probably a, a couple of dozen people who, whose investment, their retirement, their child's education, you're responsible for. As long as they don't know who I am, I'm okay with that. Well, they they may not, and then there's and, and there's there's a I, I guess there's a plus to that, but but that's got to be an amazing responsibility. And how how do you deal with something like that? A hundred billion plus dollars. So it absolutely is an amazing responsibility, um, but I try not to think about it, and because you don't want to, um, it's so it's extremely important for me to consider the fact that you know my parents and my children and my cousin and my next door neighbor are. Yeah. Because you're invested in this yourself. Myself as well. Yeah, are yeah. all invested in the funds. That's yeah. extremely important to consider, but I can't let it paralyze me in terms of being able to take action and manage the portfolios and make the right decisions. So, um, one of the keys to a, a solution like this is it sort of, um, you know, individual investors have a lot of emotion when they're investing on behalf of themselves or their families, um, and sometimes that could lead them to make bad decisions because they let the emotions sort of get the best of them. Yeah. Um, so me being a professional investor, um, I sort of take that view away. I take that emotion out of it, and that allows me to make better, more consistent decisions on a day-to-day -day basis on behalf of those clients. But, but how do you do that? Because you, you, you are a human being, and you have emotions. So, so, so what is it about your personality, perhaps, or the discipline as you've learned it over a number of years that allows you to step back from the emotion of what's going on all around the world? So I've been doing it for a long time. I've been through several market cycles and learned a lot from that. Um, learn, from, we're, learn from our mistakes, learn from our accomplishments. Um, really try to leverage the expertise that I have around me. So it's not just me um, looking at the portfolios by myself on a day-to-day -day basis. I have a strong team that works with me and I have access to expertise in all asset classes and areas of the market and around the world and we have the asset mix committees so it's not just me making a decision on asset mix on the portfolios. It's the RBC Investment Policy Committee which is 10 colleagues of mine and I that get in a room and we you know, debate what's going on in the economy and the markets to make decisions on the portfolios. Um, if I go into the and look at what the positions are in the morning when I get in, and I, and you know, I sort of think, well, oh, we've got a lot of cash to spend in that portfolio. Um, if I have questions about where I might want to spend that cash, I have you know, 20 people down the hall that I can go and chat with and sort of say, you know, what are you guys seeing in the market right now? And so it's really leveraging the expertise and the knowledge and the people around me to help me to, to manage the portfolios. And yeah, and I think that comes gets to a really important point is 
So if, if again, if we're talking about the, the 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 Canadian investment market, and there's there's listeners from from different parts of the world on, on this podcast, but if just just to, to to put it in perspective for anyone who's not uh, in in Canada, you know, someone could invest in one of your solutions with as little as twenty five dollars, or they might have you know several million dollars invested, and and what. A lot of critics would say and point to a portfolio solution like this, where you're helping manage someone's bond holdings, their stock holdings, and their holdings not just in their home country, but all around the world, that that these are kind of simple products. These are kind of simple solutions. There's not a whole lot of sophistication to it. But what you're describing, not only in terms of, of, of answering the way you manage your emotions, but the access to resources and expertise and how you pull that all together, that doesn't sound like something simple. It sounds like something really hard and really sophisticated. So, Well, I am more than happy to have that debate with anybody that has that view because I think that these products are probably some of the most sophisticated products available in the marketplace, in Canada in particular, but likely around the world. And that's because we can leverage the resources of a large global asset management firm when we're putting these solutions together. We have 30 years of experience in building multi-asset and balanced solutions, um, optimizing them, putting them together, maintaining them, um, rebalancing them, and managing them on a day-to-day basis. Um, I have access to you know 200 plus strategies when I'm putting the solutions together. I have hundreds of portfolio managers and analysts that are available to me um, when we're, we're managing particular asset classes and strategies. Um, I often talk about this when, I, when I'm doing presentations in front of clients. Um, there's probably hundreds of decisions that an individual needs to make when they're trying to put a portfolio together on their own or trying to build an investment solution for themselves. Uh, and one individual cannot have the expertise to be able to answer the hundreds of questions that they need to be able to answer. I have at my fingertips access to the people that know and understand all of those different aspects of investment management and can help me answer all those questions on their behalf so they don't have to. And they're on speed dial and they answer your phone. Well, I can just walk down the hall and <laughs> yell at them. That too, but, you, but you've got people that you're working with in Hong Kong and London, all around the world. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I just got off the phone with uh, Hong Kong because we had some questions about some of the strategies in, in Asia and like I said, just pick up the phone and I caught him on his cell phone while he was home with his children, but that's okay. He's, a, he's more than happy to answer questions if I, if I uh, need to talk to him. So, so it's a 24-7 world for you? It is. And, and how, does, how does that work in terms of balancing out the, the rest of your life? So I didn't answer a previous question that you asked me, which is how do I sort of manage the portfolios and take the emotion out of it. I think my personality really lends itself to to this type of role because I am very methodical. I am very um, type A personality, which means I'm very good at organizing things. Uh, managing my time, making lists to make sure things get done, and I make very good use of every second of the day. So yes, it's a 24-7 job, but I'm able to um, juggle all of my responsibilities between home and work um, and make sure that I can commit the the necessary time to each aspect of my life to be successful. Um, So does that mean that when I'm on vacation that I have to have an iPad or a phone with me to be able to check stock markets or positions or or check emails? Yes. 
but my family understands that and they they respect the fact that I have a you know an important job and that I'm taking care of other people's investments and that that job doesn't end just because it happens to be a weekend or I'm on holidays and and, and that speaks to you know one of one of the, the the original parts of the discussion which was why somebody doesn't recognize you necessarily on a on a train uh, coming in uh, for your commute to downtown Toronto every day which is because although you're the, well thank you goodness for that but although you're the lead manager yep. Uh, you've. This is a team that's that's working on this. This isn't just. A, it's not just all about one person. Although you know, just just to be fair. The uh, there 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 is a reason the why you have a lead. Here. The buck stops here, <laughs> but as as you know, when you talk to your family about performance, but 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 it it's it is a team. Absolutely, and um, I couldn't do it without having a strong team um, helping me and supporting me in managing the portfolios because. Um, I recognize that this is not a job that an individual could do by themselves, that I have to be, have access to all of the resources that we, we have around here to be able to be successful uh, in this role. And I am uh, more than happy to be a behind the scenes kind of person um, and not be recognized on the train, but I, I do understand that um, somebody needs to go out there and speak to the benefits of the portfolios. And um, so, so I can do that. Uh, I try to... Uh, avoid my time um, going into the bank branch because one of these days I'm gonna, I, when I walk into the bank branch I see you on the big television in the branch all the time I have yet to see myself on the big television and uh, I'm hoping that never happens because I'd rather not see myself on a big giant 60 inch television screen yeah it, it, it's not very good your, your <laughs> kids will make fun of you if it ever happens to you and, and, uh, and I'm sure it will but let, let me let me talk even beyond that so, so the, the team is fantastic and it allows you to uh, to manage not just the the asset allocation from a strategic standpoint, but tactically, you're going to make moves on a regular basis, and then down to the individual pieces yep. that feed into the, the portfolios, and then within each of those individual pieces, all of the individual holdings, and and you're able to look through that and work with the team, get all the information. So an incredibly complex process and there's a lot of different layers to look at look at because as you said there's asset mix so just stocks bonds cash below that there's the different equity regions or the different types of bond investments below that there's a the different types of funds then uh, when you talk about look through we have to be able to look through from a risk management perspective we need to be able to look through into the portfolios and figure out what our aggregate positions are in various countries or sectors or credit quality, or you know, what's the duration of the portfolio in aggregate? What's our style exposures of the portfolio in aggregate? So we have the ability, with all of the tools that we have access to, to look into that detail into the portfolios and understand and monitor and manage all of the risks that are inherent in the portfolios. So when you look at it, it's the ultimate uh, sophisticated solution that in one fell swoop pulls together and, and, and gives investors diversification. But let me look beyond diversification, subset of that word, diversity, uh -huh. right? And, and, and I, you know, I think one of the major evolutions in investment management, not just in Canada, but all around the world, and I think still a step that this industry needs to take even further forward is diversity. And I know you're a huge proponent of that, and you see how that comes into play to make your solutions better every day. Maybe you could talk about diversity and your experience with diversity in, in this firm and what you're seeing across the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I do, as you say, spend a lot of time um, focusing on diversity initiatives. 
spent a lot of my time um, doing women and investing type events, talking to young young women who are coming out of university or in university and, and um, talking to them about opportunities that are available in the asset management um, industry. But it's not just about um, female diversity, it's all types of diversity because I believe that building diverse teams leads to better overall decisions. Um, and whether that diversity means male and female or different nationalities, different backgrounds, different educations, um, I think having the most diverse team possible is the, is the one that's gonna lead to, to the best decisions possible. Um, so there's a lot of different aspects of that. I spend a lot of time, I call them coffee dates. So probably two or three times a week, I drink a lot of coffee. Um, some young person reaches out to me over LinkedIn or because they um, have been recommended to, to uh, me by somebody else and I go take them to coffee and we talk about you know what are you guys what are you studying in school what, do you, what type of role are you looking for um, a lot of the times I'm sort of calming them down in terms of their expectations because sometimes their expectations uh, for a career path are not particularly realistic so um, I just sort of give them a little dose of realism um, talk to them about opportunities in the asset management industry, how they can get uh, get their you know, first job in, in, in this business, or uh, and also put them in, in contact with other people around the, the industry that they can talk to about, about different opportunities. Um, I also spend some time at the universities, um, my alma mater in particular, doing some work there with the women in finance programs there. Same kind of thing, is sort of backing it up and going into the university level and ultimately into the high school level and talking to young women in particular about why have they not considered finance as a, as a degree in university and if they are in finance why are they considering asset management as a career path um, when they're graduating from university so lots of work to do still so so let, let me finish it off then with a, a critical question for me uh, for, uh, for 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 those listening this is the first day of school in Toronto uh, in, in, in Ontario where, where, where we live. So uh, we both dropped our daughters off for their first day of high, high school. school. Yep. So what should I say to my daughter? What would you say to my daughter uh, about a career in finance and investment management as she heads into high school and hopefully on to university? And I, I just want her to be interested in, uh, in something and, and finance would be a great area for her. I just think there's so many different opportunities for everybody in, in finance, but for, for women in particular, um, you know, lots of jobs. Uh, I think we have, there's so many people around the organization here, strong women who have had successful careers and have also juggled that with, um, you know, being mother and, and uh, wife and uh, having, you know, a lot of charitable, um, or, you know, taking part in charitable organizations and being part of, you know, giving back to their communities. and. Um, it's definitely a struggle, but women are particularly well suited to do that because we're used to juggling multiple priorities. Um, and so I don't want any woman out there to not consider finance or asset management as a possibility because um, it's 100% something that, that all women can aspire to. And your daughter in particular, I think she would be great at it. Yeah, I think she would. And, and uh, I think you would be uh, with someone who could play a feature could be a, a great role model for uh, for either of my daughters for that matter because you've yeah. really achieved about as high a status as you can in this industry and uh, maybe you and, should go and talk to my daughter because she's less interested oh <laughs> but she's she's uh, trying other things she'd like to start a she's, podcast maybe maybe she could start a podcast <laughs> but she's uh, focusing on uh, dance at the moment so well let's she's say, more uh, the artistic type my husband my son is a little bit more like me with the, on the numbers side of things so maybe i can still work with him 
Well, I can't help her with dance, but I. <laughs> but, Neither can I. But, but My Sarah, husband calls me the, the least coordinated person he has ever met. So. Well, he uh, he needs to see me out on the dance floor. Sarah, thank you, uh, thank you very much. That was a great discussion. You're very active on on social media, LinkedIn in particular. Yep. So we'll post the information uh, where people can uh, can see and read your the different articles that you post because they are very interesting about asset management in general, yep. but particularly what we've talked about with diversity and and women getting into finance. So thanks yep, for your time. I'm, I'm brainstorming new ideas for my next post. So if you have any, let me know. Dance. Dance. No, I don't think so. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Personally Invested. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, please email us at rbcgampodcasts at rbc.com.